Amen. So get your Bibles open, if you would, to the book of John chapter 3. You might recognize that this morning. John chapter 3. You might have read that chapter before. As you get there, I want to just touch, touch uh, on a few things this morning the Lord's put on my heart. You know that when something happens uh, in the world or some situation takes place, I like to take advantage of it. And this has been an interesting week for me and uh, also obviously for the world. We know that uh, when somebody famous dies, everybody talks about it. Amen? So many of you know, or all of you know, unless you've been in a cave, that uh, a very, very liked sports figure died this week, Muhammad Ali. And uh, whether you like sports or don't like sports, it doesn't really matter, you know that name. Okay, and so he passed away, went into eternity. And can you say amen? Went into eternity. And uh, nobody knows where he's at but God. Amen? But I want to touch on that this morning. And Chris, if you'll put that up behind me, I want them to see it. I want to talk about rest in peace. Rip. R-I-P. Okay? Here lies. There's the, there's the, the dash and the numbers. And, and now we're in the 2000s. And so we, we know that people are passing away. I, I should have got the stat this morning of how many thousands of people are passing away every minute. Every minute passing away from this life into eternity. So, but what I want to talk about this morning is, and if you've ever done this, don't feel bad. This is not a condemnation message, but I like to take things that happen and, and let's say, and let's go see what the Bible says about it. So I see a lot of people over the last couple days on, on social media talking about Muhammad Ali and, you know, he impacted a lot of people's lives, say he's the best boxer to ever live and uh, talk about, you know, his social stands and all kinds of different things and everybody's posting things and how he impacted their lives and all these different things and everybody, almost everybody puts at the bottom, may he rest in peace. R.I.P. How many have seen that? Not just on this post, but on many posts. And again, maybe you've posted it yourself. And as I saw that so many times, and I've seen it so many times over my lifetime, I asked myself the question that I want to ask you the question this morning is instead of rest in peace, is it really in peace? Is it really in peace? Because that's kind of a cliche, it's kind of a thing we say. Kind of like when you're at a funeral or you lose a loved one or someone around you loses a loved one and they say, oh, God gained an angel. Or they're in a better place. Come on. They're in a better place. How many know that if we don't look at the Bible, that's wishful thinking? If we don't understand that God's word says what happens to us when we breathe our last breath, then we could just say sayings. Oh, rest in peace. And you know what? It sounds good. But the reality is very different this morning. And I, and I want you to think for a few minutes with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end it good. Don't worry. But you know, one of the things that a lot of people this morning um, don't like to talk about is death. It's not a really popular subject. Because we realize sometimes it can hit really close to home that it's so real. But then when I see people put things like that, I see, and, and, and the sad thing is, is even, and I honestly haven't seen personally anybody in our church, so this is not on anybody, I promise, I didn't see one person in our church post that, so it's not anything here, it's just a general thing. I believe a lot of Christians post that. Rest in peace. 
And, and, and that's not a biblical statement if you don't know the life that that person was living. And so people pass into eternity all the time. They're in a better place now. Heaven gained another angel. Here's another one that's very popular. They're not suffering anymore. They're not suffering anymore. So these are statements that people say, and I want to say something right off the bat before we read John 3 about what the Bible says about rest and peace. But I want to tell you something that as a pastor and as a minister of the gospel, I did a funeral yesterday, and I'll get back to that in a minute, but I've done so many funerals over the years, and let me tell you what the hardest thing as a pastor is to do, is to do a funeral for somebody that you do not know where they are. You have no idea how hard it is to stand up, or if you do know, you think you know, you know you've heard the circumstances, know the circumstances, know they weren't a believer, know they weren't living the life of a believer, and to have to do a funeral for somebody and have to realize the only thing that I can do, listen to me closely this morning, the only thing I can do with the right heart is comfort that family. Because I cannot comfort that soul. Because I cannot say with an assurance to that family any words from my own mouth unless I knew them. Because many times you, you have to do funerals for people you don't know, family members and people like that. And in Costa Rica, I did a lot of funerals for family members. I did a lot of funerals for drug addicts overdosed. I did a lot of funerals for people that died on the streets. So I did a lot of tough funerals. And I had to go to the, and I, and, and I hated getting the call. Although it's an honor to be used by God, it's a horrible call when you have to go to a funeral where you know that the situation was not a godly situation and now you have to try to somehow word the words right to comfort that family without giving them false peace, biblically. And I think a lot of times as believers, we can get caught up saying things that sound good, but are they really biblical? So I want to touch on that this morning. Let's look at John chapter 3. I'm going to give you a lot of verses, so get your Bibles ready. Pay attention this morning. You know, you know you'll know John 3, 16. Everybody knows that. And we're going to start there, but a lot of people don't go on to the next couple of verses. And John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, and that's a good thing to underline, through him might be saved. He who believes, now here's the statement of the Bible that gives us clarity on this. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of god so we know this morning as we read the scriptures that every one of us have lost people close to us and this is even a touchy subject a lot of times and i'm not trying to to go there or make that happen it's we we've, we maybe have lost a loved one or a friend or a family member or somebody close to us that there there was some doubt there you're not sure i mean no that's a hard thing let's be real that's a hard thing when you've lost somebody. Listen, just even this year, people have lost people that they know. Uh, Pastor Dylan gave testimonies last night of just a friend la a month ago. I remember Brian saying just a few months ago, someone being shot. I mean, people die tragically 
and just all of a sudden, and, and it causes us to go into this, this thing of, God, where are they? But it's not biblical for us to just to make ourselves feel good. It's not biblical for us to just say, oh, they're in a better place. How many know we catch ourselves doing that? Oh, they're in a better place. Oh, they're not suffering anymore. Well, the question that I have this morning is, is that true? Is that true? Let's see what the Bible says. Because a lot of people, and I'm going to give you some scriptures right here, a lot of people want to, in their mind, make it okay. And listen, whatever you got to do to make yourself feel okay, I guess you got to do. But I want to do, know what God says about things. And I want to know for 100% sure that I can comfort somebody or give them clarity on something. Now we know at the end of the day, only God knows the last second of every person's life. Okay, only God knows that. And, and, I, and I want to give a quick example of that um, real quick before we get into this. And I may have given it sometime over the years I've preached to it. I don't know. I'm not sure. But when I was 21, I had just gotten saved and just gotten married. And was with me and my wife were youth pastors. And we were serving the Lord, and, and I met a guy named Ricky Cañez. He was a big Hispanic guy. He was built kind of like, like Dwayne, just big shoulders, big guy. He got saved, left drugs, left a, a lifestyle, a very, very wicked lifestyle, and came into our church and just really, really got saved and really got discipled and really started serving the Lord. And about a year went by, and he began to slowly fade away from church. He began to slowly stop coming to church like we see so many people do. And slowly but surely, he began to hang around again with the old friends. And he began to do the things he used to do with the old friends. And I knew that he was not doing well. And I remember one day getting a horrible call. My dad will remember this. My mom would remember this. A horrible call on about 11 o'clock one morning. And the pastor of our church said, Ricky's dead. Horrible. 21 years old. You know, a lot of us in here, maybe, or some of us haven't ever really suffered the death of somebody very close to us. But if you have, you know how horrible that is. And I knew that when he died, I knew that he had not been coming to church. I knew he had not been living for the Lord. And I knew that things were not well. And I knew that he, he, he was not doing the, he was, you know, he would ignore me when he did tell me what was going on. I knew it wasn't good. And so this kept going. I got that call, 21 years old, that he had fallen asleep while he was driving on, on a dark road, coming back from Florence, Arizona to Tucson. He lived there. And that he had gone and hit the side bridge of a, of a road and been thrown from the vehicle. And they told me that he had died instantly. So I was broken. I was so devastated. Because I immediately didn't just think about, oh, I've lost a friend. I immediately thought, God, he's lost. He's lost. And I remember going to his funeral. It was one of the first funerals that I ever had to be a part of. And it was so hard. And I remember walking up to the casket. Now, I want you guys just to put yourselves in these positions if you've ever been to funerals. And I remember walking up to the casket and seeing he was already big. He had a big chest anyways. But he looked like a balloon. He was so huge because he had literally died suffocating in his own blood in this accident. And he had breathed so heavy, he just, he, just, he just blew up his lungs. And I remember walking through to see his body for the last time and I was so mad that I saw people walking up and putting cigarette packs in his casket some put drug paraphernalia some were putting pictures of when they partied together I just wanted to grab that stuff and tear it up and throw it back in their faces because I was already mad anyways that he had gone back to that lifestyle 
So the funeral began to go on and people began to talk and he had some friends that were paramedics and unbelievably his friends were called to the scene. Now I had been told my friend had died instantly. But during the funeral, one of the guys got up that was a paramedic and said, listen, when we got to Ricky's body, he had just passed away. You know they can tell all that stuff. There's a lot of things that they use. And he said he was alive for 45 minutes. And they said that he was breathing, you know, breathing so heavy out there in the desert, out in the middle of nowhere, breathing for life. And when I heard that, I said, God, it's very positive. I've never said he's there, but I said, God, I know that in your grace, and I know Ricky, if he had one minute to repent, he would have said, God, I'm sorry for this. And I believe in my heart that he repented and he called on God. And I believe that he's in heaven, but I'm not saying he's in heaven because I'm not God. And you look at these situations and you hear of people's deaths and you hear of things, and it's always what we want to hear. We want to hear what were they thinking in their last minutes? What did they do? And God only knows. But you know what we need to do? We need to live a life that puts no doubt there. How many want to live a life that when your funeral happens or before the rapture gets us and you happen to die, that nothing bad is said at your funeral, that nobody's worried if you're in heaven, that nobody's worried if you made it, amen, but it'd be a celebration of your life living for Jesus, amen, and there's no doubt that they're saying, I know he or she is with God. That's the life God has called us to live. So they say, rest in peace. And Jesus says in his word that he came to, to die for us and whoever believes will be saved. Whoever doesn't is condemned. Let me give you some of Jesus' words on this subject. Matthew 10, 28 says these words, the red letter as Pastor Andrew said at the offering. He says, don't fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. These are Jesus' words. Do not fear those who kill the body and cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him. Let me tell you something. If you don't have the fear of God this morning, you need the fear of God. Amen. How many would agree with that? Amen. The fear of God. Not a fear of God that he's chasing me down trying to hurt me. The fear of God that he's God. Amen. That he's God almighty. Amen. Amen. A reverent fear. It says, fear him who's able to destroy both soul and body in hell. And we talk about this a lot, that there's a lot of subjects today in church that don't get talked about because they're not popular. There's, it's not exciting to talk about hell. It's not exciting to talk about death. It's not exciting to talk about those things. But guess what? I bet there's a whole bunch of people, matter of fact, 100% of people, who are in hell right now who wish they'd have been in a church that would have told them that it's real and it's a place that they'll go if they don't turn their lives over to Jesus. They would do anything to come back and hear a real message that says, look, if you don't live your life for God and you don't put your faith in Jesus, that is your destination. And it's not because we want to sit here and say, oh, hell, hell. No, it's, it's because it exists. It's because it's real. And the Bible says that we're called to snatch people from the gates of hell. We're called to snatch people out before they go in. We're called to call people to repentance and tell them, look, the train's coming. A storm's coming. And that's where you're going if you don't turn back to Jesus. So we have a chance today to say, God, help me 
be that vessel to somebody. That's why we do the play the judgment, because we're trying to show people what's going to happen after you die. You know what? We spend so much time on this earth planning what we're going to do tomorrow and what we're going to do this summer for vacation and what we're going to do for school next year and where we're going to go to school and how we're going to retire and people spend all their lives planning about this life and never think a second where they're going to spend eternity. You talk about foolish. That's foolish. Matthew 25, 46 says these words, and these will go away into eternal punishment. But the righteous, hallelujah, unto eternal life. Amen? Let me read that again. These will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. I've told you a lot of times, you can't appreciate heaven if you don't know how real hell is. When you begin to realize how bad hell is, you begin to realize how awesome heaven's going to be. Amen. Here's one more verse of Jesus, Mark 9, 43. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to watch this. Enter into life. Now, this is important. I want you to watch this. Look at your Bible there. I'm giving you Bible verses about the afterlife. Oh, what's going to happen? Oh, where are we going to go? Well, read the Bible. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Watch this. It's better for you to enter life maimed. Now, if he's saying it's better for you to enter life maimed, he's, we're already alive. How can we enter life again? Because this is not our only life. This is our life in this body that God gave us, but we have eternal life. And one of the greatest errors that people have is that they think to themselves, if it helps them feel better, is that when, when I die, the lights are just going to go off and it's going to be done. That's what a lot of people want to think. Or, or I'll just, you know, if I'm going to go to hell, I'll just go real quick and burn up and be gone. That's the lot. A lot of people have a lot of things. And listen, people can convince themselves of whatever they want to believe. How many believe that we can convince ourselves whatever we want to believe, but we need to take God's written word? We are going to go into life. Now watch this. Uh, Hebrews 9.27. Don't, don't leave this verse because I, I just feel like saying this right here. There are people who believe erroneously, and I want to say that very strongly, erroneously, that when we die, we will go to a place, some people call it purgatory, some people call it a place of rest, that we will die and we will go to a place of waiting. And we will wait to be judged. Or we will wait to be taken out of that place. And then placed either in heaven or in hell. Or some people just believe that we don't ever go to hell. We just go to this place of you know, waiting. And that's our torment. And then we go to heaven. And zero of that is, is biblical truth. Zero. There is no purgatory. There is no place of rest after where you wait for your soul to be decided where it's going to go. Hebrews 9.27, which we use for the judgment place, says, It is established. It is appointed unto man to die once. And what happens then? Then comes judgment. Okay? 2 Corinthians 5.8 says... To be absent from the body is to what? To be present with the Lord. 
It's not biblical, church, and I'll show you in a minute. It's not biblical, even if you've been taught this, it's not biblical that we go into some kind of soul sleep. Now, if you're here and I've said something uh, about purgatory or, or that resting place and that just rocked your world, just let it stop rocking. Stop rocking just long enough to let God's word speak truth to your life. Because the Bible says that if you'll know the truth, then the truth will set you free. How many know the truth will set you free this morning? Amen. It is not about what some person taught me growing up. It's about what God's word says. And you're not going to find in the scriptures a place that people go to to wait. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. A lot of people don't want to hear that because it's very comforting to think that I would not go straight to hell or straight to heaven that I could have a second chance. Some religions believe you can go and pray them out. Some believe you can, you, can, you can go and pay them out. I mean, it's crazy. There's a lot of crazy things. And, and, and I'm sorry if you were raised a way like that. But listen, you need to begin to learn to say, God, I want to know what your written word says, not what man has told me. Because listen, man won't be there when you stand before God. Come on. Man's not going to be there. God's going to be there. So if that man that told you about that place is not going to be there, I wouldn't listen to that man. You're not going to be able to call on that man or woman or person and say, hey, so-and-so told me that I was going to go to this place afterwards. God's not hearing that. God's going to go according to his word. Okay? So, so here we see, and, and, I'll, and I'll get to this in a second, in that verse where we're still Mark 9, 43. It's better for you to enter into life maimed, he's talking about eternal life, rather than having two hands to go to hell, into the fire. Some people think, well, I'm going to go there and just burn up. The Bible says, Jesus says, how many know a lot of people like to say, well, Jesus didn't say, or Jesus said, I always want to say that until they read what he said. Have you ever heard somebody say that? Well, I never heard Jesus say anything about that. Jesus is love and Jesus is peace. Come on, y'all here? Come on, I know it's Sunday morning, but I'm just trying to preach you the word. Oh, Jesus is love. They don't want to read the verse where it says Jesus came to bring a sword. Oh, Jesus wouldn't send anybody to hell. He loves everybody. You won't read the verse where he says, into hell, where the fire that shall never be quenched. So it's not a place where I go and I just disappear and I'm annihilated. It says the fire will never be quenched. The worm does not die and the fire does not go out. Now, if you, listen, it, I got to say this. If you've lost somebody close, far, long time ago, short time ago, and your mind wants to tell you, I can't think about that, then you do whatever you think you got to do, but it doesn't change the truth. Whatever you got to do to... Not think about it. If you don't need to think about it, listen, I got, a, I got a guy who was very impacting in my life, all of you know, taught me how to play basketball, mentored me when I was in high school, and shot himself in the head and killed himself. And I know where he's at, unless God's mercy was so amazing, it's very possible he's in hell today. And every time I think of him, it's very difficult to think that he's been in hell for 20-something years. So I just don't think about it. But it doesn't change the fact that if he did not know Jesus Christ and he took his own life and his heart was not right with God, that's where he is. Not because I, don't, I want him to be there, but because God's word is God's word. How many know you'll begin to grow and you'll begin to really see God move in your life when you begin to take God's word as his word? 
Amen. You can go someplace else and find a place where they're not going to tell you exactly what it says, and they're going to kind of rub you on the back and say, oh, it's okay, but it's not truth. It doesn't say what you want to hear will set you free. It says the truth will set you free. So when you see rest in peace and you see rip and oh, rest in peace, oh, better place, is that true? Is that true? Is that person in a better place? Well, let's look what the scriptures say. Go to Luke, Luke 16. How many are still here? Amen. Amen. If you're mad at me, get mad at God. I didn't write it. I'm just the messenger. You don't kill the mailman for taking you your bills. He just drops it off and leaves. Amen. It's not his. Not he, he didn't get. He didn't, he can give you the bill. He's getting out of there fast. I, mean, yeah, I can imagine when they know it's a foreclosure or something, they leave quick. Luke 16. I want to show you the most vivid story in the Bible about the afterlife. The very most clear scripture in the Bible. As you, before we look at this, look up at the screen again and realize that that place right there is the destination of every single one of us. A tomb. I'm not trying to be morbid. It's just a fact. Now we know we're living in some awesome times and we know that Jesus come back at any moment and we know that a lot of us aren't going to see death, praise God. And that's what we comfort each other with. But if Jesus tarries, that's where we're going. Into a grave. Our body's going into a grave. This body is going to die. It's going to breathe its last breath. And we need to realize, I need to be thinking about where my spirit and my soul is going to go when my body breathes its last breath. Let me, let me tell you a quick story. There was a man running for his life in a jungle from a lion. I mean, that's scary. Big lion, hungry lion, growling, chasing him. He's running for his life. And as he's running for his life away from this lion, he sees a big tree. And he says, the only way I'm going to get away from this lion is to go up this tree. So he jumps on the tree and starts climbing up the tree as fast as he can. As he gets halfway up the tree, he's looking face to face to a humongous, venomous, poisonous snake. He looks down at the lion and says, if I jump down in that, into the ground again, I'm dead. If I keep going up this tree, I'm dead. My only hope is to jump down into this river. So he jumps down into the river right into the mouth of a humongous crocodile. Guess what the moral of the story is? You can run from death, but it's going to catch you. No one's ever outrun death except Jesus himself. Except Jesus himself. Come on, except Jesus himself. So I'm going to put my faith in the one who not only outran death, but faced death in the face and defeated it and took the keys from the devil and hell and the grave. Hallelujah. Why would I put my faith in somebody else? If you're running to a two-ray road and you need to know which way to go, I've said this before, and you got a dead man and a live man, who are you going to ask for directions? Which way do I go? You're going to ask a dead person, which way do I go? Guess what response you're going to get? None. And if you needed a response, you got head problems anyways because he's already there. 
Ask the alive person, amen? You can go to any other religion, you're going to find a dead God. You're going to find a dead prophet. You're going to find a dead man or woman. But when you go to Jesus, you find a tomb that is empty and a path from there into heaven. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah this morning. Because we don't have to go to that dead tomb. We can go up to heaven where Jesus is standing on the throne interceding for us and saying, I want you to come here. I've walked that path for you. You don't have to go there. I've been to that hell you, that, that you're destined for. You don't have to go there. You can run, but death is undefeated. It will win every time. Now look at this, Luke chapter 16, verse 19. Now don't say, oh, I've read this story before, so I'm going to sleep for the next five minutes. Read this with me. Because this is not a parable, church. This is a story. Parables don't use names. Listen to me closely. Don't let somebody try to tell you this is a parable. Parables don't use names. There's a name in this story. It says there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named what? Lazarus, full of sores who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Now, don't get caught up in the rich man and the poor man either. That's not the point. Don't, don't get caught up in that. Just get caught up in the names. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom, or in other words, paradise. The rich man also died and was buried. Neither one of them could defeat death. And verse 23, watch this. And being, how many know being is a progressive word? Didn't say he was. It says, and being. Y'all looking at that with me? Being. Present. And being in what? Peace? Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Whatever you got to say to make you feel good. Rest in peace. If you don't know Jesus, you're not resting in peace. Being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, now see the names, not a parable, see the names. Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus. Now, if you don't believe that this is a constant place of torment, watch the following words of this man. He doesn't even ask to be removed from the place. He asks for a momentary, momentary, momentary millimeter of a second of relief. Watch this. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue don't turn it off don't turn me off don't get out of sight out of mind that's what we try to do too much so well, i'm just not going to think about this think about it now instead of eternity come on church think about it now instead of being there and not being able to do anything about it your finger in water and just touch the tip of my tongue look at this now watch this for i am what tormented he says i have been being tormented or i'm about to stop being tormented he says i am tormented in this what 
flame. Now, when you people, people try to tell you that hell's not real, you need to tell them you're going to find out how real it is if you keep believing that. That's the truth. You're going to find out how real it is. I don't want anybody to go to hell, but you can't mock God and say there's no hell. Pre preachers and believers and Christians who are reading this Bible and try to say there's no hell are going to have to answer to God for that because the Bible says real clearly hell exists. Come on, church. Don't turn me off. But Abraham said, son, remember, watch this, that in your what? Lifetime. In your lifetime. You received your good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and you are tormented. Now we're going to put a little twist on this. You can rest in peace if you know Jesus. If you know Jesus. If you know Jesus. If you believe in Jesus. Come on. You can. Let's finish this. And besides all this between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot and those from here can pass to us then he said i beg you therefore father and this is the this is the prayer you don't think people still pray in hell this is the prayer of every person in hell right now god please send somebody to my family he says please abraham i beg you that you'd send someone to my father's house for i have five brothers that he may testify to them, watch this, lest they also come to this place of torment. And Abraham says they have, now watch, this is, what, this is the answer for us. They have Moses and the prophets. For us today, that's, we have the Bible. We have the Bible. I don't care what this generation says. I don't care what rules they change or what they put on doors or what they begin to say to change things that are God's word. God's word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it does not change and it will not change. We don't go by what the world says. We go by what God says. You want to go where God is? You got to do what God says. Period. I beg you. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Watch this. No, Father Abraham, if one goes to them from the dead, they'll repent. If they don't hear Moses and the prophets, if they don't hear my word and my, my messengers, neither will they be persuaded by one risen from the dead. God's word is clear. Y'all still here? Closing. You know what Isaiah 57 says? Verse 21 Here's a real clear verse for you if you haven't caught anything yet. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. There is no peace, says my God, Isaiah 57, 21, for the wicked. So that rest in peace thing is nothing but something to make us feel better. Let me read and just found out that Prince overdosed. Shocking. You know why these people do that? Because they want to escape life. 
They feel like they need to do something to get out of this life. And isn't it funny how these people, we, we, we tend to, to want to say, God, if I just had more money, I'd be happy. God, if I just had another car. God, if I just had my own house. God, if I just had, and we just start saying all these things, and, but we don't, we don't tend to want to pay attention to all these people who have all that stuff and more and are not happy and have no peace. No peace. Zero. No peace. Why? Because they don't have Jesus, the Prince of Peace. The only way you can have true peace is having the Prince of Peace. The Master of Peace. The Giver of Peace. The Comforter. Amen. He's the only one that can give it. He's the only one that has it. And when you find that out, it doesn't matter what's in your bank account. Because you know how to find the presence of God. And you know how to be happy to know that I am, listen, I'm just passing through. Tell somebody next to you, I'm just passing through. I mean, give me just a couple more minutes. Amen? This, 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 this will change your life. This changed my life. I got some new people here this morning that haven't heard me say this. This is what saved me. This kind of preaching. Someone was talking about hell the day I got saved. I walked in to a, to a church. I sat at the back, sunglasses on, arms closed, arms crossed, didn't want to be there. And that man began to preach on hell. He began to talk about the verses that I'm talking about. Not the exact same ones. I don't remember which ones they were. I just knew he was talking about hell. I don't need to quote the quotation. I just knew he was talking about hell. And I just knew that God, in his mercy and his grace, spoke to my spirit and said, Blake, if you don't change tonight, that's where you're going. And I thank God, and, 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 and we've got some people visiting here, and we've got some people who've been to other churches. We've got people who are preaching that, that itchy ear, tickle your, tickle your feet gospel that people want to hear because they don't want to hear the truth. And I thank God I wasn't hearing a tickle my feet, nibble on my ears message that night because I'd be in hell right now if it wasn't for somebody telling me, you're going to hell if you don't change. I thank God for that. And I am forever indebted, and you guys know him, to the man of God who spoke truth into my life. I thank God for him, that he spoke what God put on his heart. There might be somebody here this morning whose soul is hanging in the balance. You are messing around. You are not sure. You're, 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 you're living a double life. You're double-minded. I don't know what you're sitting. You might be just like me sitting there. And listen, God's mercy is speaking to you right now and saying, stop playing games because tomorrow's not promised. Tomorrow is not promised. Amen? We are just passing through. We can celebrate. I've got, I've got a whole lot of other verses I'm not going to get to. But for time, well, we know Romans 8, 1 says there's now no condemnation for those who are what? In Christ Jesus. As I, as I close in these next few minutes, if I, don't, if I don't say something about passing through, just shout passing through to me, okay? And God will help me in Jesus' name remember, because it's not time to say it yet, but I need to say it. But I just got news besides the fact that Muhammad Ali that I've never met died. I got news yesterday, back about... 15 years ago, maybe 10, 10 years ago, in Costa Rica, we planted a church, a lot of people don't know about this, in Colombia. The church never, never was able to be started, but we sent a man from Colombia that was in our church named Daniel back to Colombia to start a church, raised funds for him, and, 
and, and I don't have any ill will towards him or nothing. I know that he got back and he just, things happened. But I just got news yesterday that his 12-year-old son passed into eternity. 12 years old. We've got some 12-year-old kids in this church. Can you imagine losing a 12-year-old boy? He, had, he got pneumonia and had respiratory failure. And I was watching yesterday, he sent me some videos of the funeral and, and the casket and all that, and I just broke my heart. I said, my God, I don't know what I would do. Because it brings it back to reality again. Yeah, we're talking about eternity, but boy, there's a sting when you talk about a 12-year-old son dying. I can't imagine what, would, what it would have been like to lose my daughters at 12 years old. I can't, if any of you in here have lost a child at that age, I'm sorry. What a painful thing. What a horrible thing. What a miserable thing to have to bury your child at 12 years old with so much life. But along with those videos of this funeral and pictures and all these things, I saw a little video of little Daniel preaching at his church at 10 years old, preaching the gospel. Standing there proclaiming the word of God. And his dad taught him the word of God. And listen, I know today that little boy is dancing in heaven. Having no troubles breathing this morning. Amen. So we say, man, death's got sting on this earth. But what do people do if they don't have the comfort of the Holy Spirit to know where our souls go when we die? You know what the answer is? They put rest in peace. They put there in a better place. Why? Because what else is there to do? They, start, they go, drink, pop the pills, do whatever they got to do to take the pain away. But David said in Psalms, death has, for a believer, death has no sting. Amen. Death has no sting. So, so I'm closing with this. Just in a second, shout that out to me. What was it again? Thank you. Passing through. Yesterday, here's, here's my buddy Victor. How many of you remember Victor? Victor and Celine. Just always sit right here. African couple from Cameroon. He went to B. Now see, I can tell this with authority. This is the difference. I don't have to doubt where Victor is this morning. See, we can rest in peace when we know Jesus. No doubt. That man was going to our church at the other church. And Celine and Victor always wanted to be here. Whenever they weren't here, it's because they couldn't get a ride. They were with the 50 kids they had all over the Metroplex at different places. But they always wanted to be here. Anybody who met them know that. They always wanted to be here. And they'd sit right there in the front. And I loved it when Celine would do her little dance, African dance. Victor, he was 79 years old and he had a heart attack two weeks ago. Right after prayer, I asked, I asked his son, I was sitting at the funeral yesterday, and I was honored to be one of the pastors to be in, in the funeral. To, to, to be, in, in, you know, especially in the African culture, they, they give an honor to pastors that's really beyond what needs to be honored. But, so they march in first and sit you at the front and all that different stuff. And I was so honored to be at his funeral to celebrate what a life's supposed to be like. So he's praying one morning, does his devotional, asked his son how he died. He said he prayed and spent time in the Word, and then he had a heart attack. 
and, and he's in the presence of the Lord. But I got this pin. They gave us this pin, and I'm going to put it in my office. We used to be over there at the other building, and, and they lived right across the street, just right across the two-lane road. And they would, Victor would come over a lot of times during the day, and he'd, he'd walk his, stick his belly out a little bit, and he'd walk like this over. He was always talking about Jesus, always witnessing to people, always telling people about the Lord. We actually have a couple here visiting this morning, not to embarrass you, but they were at the funeral yesterday, and uh, they came to visit us this morning, so they know him as well. And always witnessing, so he'd come over and he'd sit down in my office, he'd just sit there by me and he would just talk. A lot of people don't know that, just many days, because he didn't have anything to do. So he would just sit in my office. And one day, the Holy Spirit said, ask him to pray. And I said, Victor, will you pray? I didn't even say pray for me, I just said, will you pray? I told Desi this yesterday. He just said, oh, Heavenly Father. And as soon as he said, oh, Heavenly Father, the presence of God just fell in my office. Just, I don't know what else he said. Ever. And every time he would come, I said, Victor, would you pray? And when I'd see him coming across, Sometimes that'd be a bad day, horrible day, work, situation, whatever. And I, oh God, here comes Victor. Yes. And he'd sit down. I said, Victor, will you pray? And he'd pray in the, the presence of God. Why? Because he knew Jesus. He knew Jesus. And then after service, he'd always come up to me and grab my hand and say, Great word. Great word. My God, great word. And I would look at him just like that, like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I didn't want to let go of his hand. It probably wasn't even a great word. But the way he said it made me feel like I was so special, so important. That's what God wants us to do in our lives, is to leave a legacy where they got a pin on your jacket the next day. And they're talking about you, about how much you love Jesus. And they don't even really remember exactly what they said, but they just loved the Lord. Now you can say he's resting in peace because he's resting in the presence of the Lord. He is where we all want to be this morning. He has graduated into heaven, amen? So, so as musicians come, don't close me off. I know sometimes that's, that's like, oh, done. Mine, lunch. Passing through. We're passing through. If you've ever been out of the country, and, and here in, this, in our church, we're so blessed to have many, many nations represented. Even here this morning, Togo, Kenya, um, Mexico, Costa Rica, Nigeria, just right here even this morning, just right here in this place, just top of El Salvador, different places, Puerto Rico. And so whenever you are coming into this country to get a visa, or if you've ever had to have a passport to go to another country, there's something about the visa. Stay with me on this. You get a visa to come into a country. And when you get that visa to come into a country, they put that visa in a sealed envelope. Stay with me. They put that visa in a sealed envelope. And you cannot open that envelope because it has been sealed by the consulate of that country. And it gives you permission of the United States to enter this country. And you go to the airport and you get to that place. 
and you pass them that envelope and you're really passing from one country into another with permission if you don't have that envelope you don't get in pay attention don't matter how much money you have in the bank doesn't matter how many properties you own doesn't matter how many family members you got back in your country because those are all things they look at when give you a visa doesn't matter what you don't matter if you don't have that sealed envelope it don't matter if you were the president of that country if you don't have the envelope you're not getting into the United States and they take that envelope and they open the sealed envelope if that envelope seal was broke you're back on a plane and you're going back to your country but if that envelope sealed they got a thing that opens that sealed envelope and when it opens up they pull out a visa that gives you permission to come into the United States of America and that man with authority grabs a stamp stamps that thing and says welcome to the United States of America this morning there's only one way to get into heaven it's an envelope sealed by the Holy Spirit given to us by none other than the author and the finisher of our faith Jesus himself and when we get to heaven when we pass from this life into the next if we have put our faith in Jesus Christ Jesus will have that envelope come on somebody and he'll take that envelope from us sealed by the Holy Spirit and he'll open it up and he'll say father is their name in there and he say yes and he'll open it up and he'll stamp it Jesus will stamp that thing and we will walk into heaven amen for eternity and to be with Jesus but there's only one way to get there and that's through Jesus Christ and his shed blood bow your heads with me this morning close your eyes rest in peace as you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning 1st Thessalonians 4.13 says don't be ignorant brethren concerning those who have gone on fallen asleep in the Lord died however you want to place it lest you sorrow as others who have no hope we don't we're not hopeless this morning we should be the most excited happy joyous people in the world this morning and it has absolutely nothing to do with what I have in the bank or how my body feels or anything else what matters is is my name in the book of life this morning 